Welcome to the Michigan Man Podcast on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew for Wolverine fans from coast to coast. Go Blue and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. It's almost time to end the preseason chatter and get down to the business of playing some Michigan football. We've talked about the coming season for months now, and I think most of us have pretty much run out of things to say. Almost, that is. Today, Michigan great Greg Skrepanek joins us on game day with our final preview of the coming season. Next week, we get down to business with our Hawaii preview. On Tuesday, we'll get the Michigan perspective, And then on Thursday, we're scheduled to have Hawaii radio voice Bobby Curran join us to discuss another long road trip for what should be a road-weary team by the time they take the field in Ann Arbor. Hawaii opens the season in Australia this Saturday against Cal, flies back to Hawaii, then after a day's rest, boards a plane for Michigan. We'll talk more about that next week, though. Before Greg joins us, here are a few news and notes to get us started. The recruiting game is fickle when you're dealing with 17- and 18-year-old kids. This we all know. This week, Michigan four-star tackle Aubrey Solomon, who's from Georgia, decommitted on Monday. He's still going to visit, but wants more time. It seems he received a thank you for attending the barbecue at the Big House, but he never really came, and his first and last names were spelled wrong on the thank you note. So if that's the reason he decommitted, it sort of gives you an idea just how fragile the entire process is with these kids. Four-star defensive end Leonard Taylor from the Dayton area also decommitted on Monday. He stated he's still interested in Michigan, but wants to keep his options open. In other news, sophomore kicker Andrew David from Ohio announced he will be transferring to TCU. No reasons were given, but one could assume he sees the writing on the wall when it comes to his kicking future. Uh, Kenny Allen is on board for this his senior year, and Quinn Norton, considered one of the best in the country, is a true freshman. The announcement came from David on his Twitter account and has not been made official by Michigan. A reminder that time is running out this week to check out the new interactive sports app I've been telling you about the last few weeks. It comes to us from the same team that developed Madden Football and EA Sports College Basketball. It will be in Google Play and iTunes this football season. For more info or a sneak peek, email playitfirst at yahoo.com and include your cell number. That's playitfirst at yahoo.com and don't forget your cell number. Greg Skrepinick is one of the all-time greats at Michigan. He was a two-time consensus first-team All-American tackle, captain his senior year, and spent many years in the NFL. He bleeds maize and blue. He joins me next on our game day segment here on The Michigan Man on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maize and Brew. With us here on our game day segment this week as we have our final preview for the uh, the upcoming season. I know everyone, our listeners are probably saying, finally, Greg Skrepanek, Michigan great, joins us to talk about this upcoming season. Great to have you back, Greg. Oh, Mike, great to be back. Great to be talking Michigan football again. And great that uh, we get 
getting ready for another uh, exciting season. Yeah, we are. And I think every uh, Michigan fan, former player, alum is just amped up and ready to uh, tee it off against Hawaii. Greg, it's been a few years since there was this much optimism surrounding a season, isn't it? Uh, quite a bit. You know, I think most true Michigan fans try to remain optimistic just because that's their approach. And uh, unfortunately, um, you know, we haven't met those expectations. And that's the other thing, too, at Michigan is expectations are always high. And so with the expectations being high, there is uh, usually that optimism. But when those expectations aren't met, you know, you fall pretty hard. And so uh, it's been a while since uh, it's been this exciting in the preseason, although most Michigan fans are always excited for Michigan football. This year seems to be uh, a little more exciting, if that's a possibility. Well, at this time of the year, usually we've read every magazine that we can possibly read. We're watching uh, BTN caravan shows. I mean, you just you get to the point where you say, okay, enough, let's tee it up. Even the polls have been out. The AP poll came out over the weekend. And again, those are great for fans. But, you know, since the playoffs started, those polls don't mean a heck of a lot, do they, Greg? Well, preseason polls don't mean anything. Actually, most coaches probably would see them as a distraction uh, because, you know, someone, you know, the players, their own players will look at those polls and either get, you know, PO'd or, you know, comfortable. And so, they, you know, coaches always want their teams to remain hungry. They always want their teams to know that they can improve week in and week out. They don't want them to become complacent. You know, reading too much about yourself in the, with headlines and good headlines isn't necessarily a good thing, nor is reading about yourself in a bad light always a good thing. So coaches really to see them as a distraction. It's their job to keep the team to have an even keel you know, and just move forward. But, you know, Jim Harbaugh, I think, is, is, is really a master at keeping his team focused, motivated, and getting them to, you know, to buy into, you know, one week at a time. Well, Greg, let's talk about this team. Um, haven't taken a snap yet. Expectations are high, as we say all the time, and they should be at Michigan. Along with those expectations, we start to nitpick at this time of the year. Where are we strong? Where do we have concerns? Your old position group, the offensive line, is probably that group that people have concerns about. For the most part, it's a veteran group. Do you expect to see, though, a big improvement up front this season? I, I would hope so. Uh, I think so. I mean, as an offensive lineman, a former offensive lineman, you always look up front on both sides of the ball. That's where it's, that's what's going to dictate your tempo, your pace, and that's what's going to lead your team. But I don't see that as our weak spot. I see that as actually one of our strengths because of the experience. Um, it's interesting that they're moving a left tackle Cole into center, which is a great testament to that, that kid's athletic ability and what he's been able to do. Because in, in essence, your left tackle may be, you know, may protect the blind spot of most quarterbacks being right-handed. But your center truly is the quarterback of the offensive line because of all the calls he has to make and then how he has to keep everyone on the same page. So that's an interesting move, but there's a lot of experience up front. And I would expect to see you know, vast improvement and really the offensive line to be a group that leads this team. And we know that Mason Cole, that's who you're talking about, was moved from left tackle after two years over to that center position, which I always wonder about uh, because that is such an important position. Talk a bit, Greg, about the adjustment in the way you think and play the game at that position as opposed to left tackle. First and foremost is everything is on you quicker. Left tackle and, and both tackle positions, for that matter, you're more on an island. You're on the edge. You're dealing with the fastest defensive linemen on the opposing team, the fastest outside linebackers, and even occasional blitz from your, your quarterback or your, your safety. So 
you're kind of on an island in, in the inside position, especially at center. Uh, you, you are, it's immediately on you. You're right there. You're confined. You're, you're, you're right there in a box. And the first and foremost, the most important thing is the center back, center quarterback exchange. You've got to get that ball cleanly to the quarterback where he can take, and that's where it all starts. So that, that center, getting that ball to that quarterback, you miss all this, you know, all this, uh, Confusion and this, you know, this mass of humanity in the middle is, is a big change, and that's probably the biggest change. But at the same time, you also are now covered with two big guys on each side, which you will work with uh, on on a on a play by play basis. You're seeing you're going to usually get help, you know, from the right guard, your right, uh, your left guard. So that's kind of a nice place to be when you have all that help. That compared to where you're pretty much one on one on the edges. But uh, the, uh, the, most, the other, other thing is that, that becomes very important is she has to be able to identify who the offensive line is going to block. You've got five offensive linemen, you know, with tight end six, fullback seven, you know, and so those guys up front need to know who's been, who the offensive linemen are going to block. Generally speaking, the big guys block big guys. But in today's game and today's defense, it becomes very increasingly more difficult to identify those big guys because now you have these hybrid, these hybrid defensive linemen who not only could go down in the three-point stance but also could drop back and play linebacker. So you have to identify the greatest threat and and get the your big guys, which are your best blockers, on the most on the biggest threat that the defense is going to pose, and that's what he has to do. That's what he's going to have to do on a play-by-play basis, and that's why he, uh, you know, his experience with the left tackle will help him because he understands, you know, uh, how to play on the edge. So he's going to understand how to communicate with tackles. But it's going to probably take him a little bit of an adjustment just to get used to being in those confined spaces. But obviously, the coaching staff is very high on him. He's definitely a good enough athlete, and uh, he certainly is an intelligent kid if they're even putting him in that position because he has to be. So uh, I think it'll be a, a pretty good transition for him, although it has to be a little bit of a learning curve simply because he's moving from you know being on that island, like I said, to the inside, which is, is very crowded. Well, sticking with this uh, offense for just a couple of minutes, Greg, uh, the receiving core is solid. We have Butt, Chesson, Darbo. The backfield is deep. We have Smith, Isaac, Drake, Johnson. We don't know who else is uh, competing and maybe moving up in that backfield. Now we have to see who lines up under center, and that is going to be very interesting in the next week and a half to see who comes out of that battle. That's the big question, Mark. Uh, the exciting news is Jim Harbaugh took a quarterback who was at the University of Iowa who lost his job, transferred, and made him one of the best quarterbacks in the Big Ten. That's the exciting news. Now the, you know, the question mark becomes who's that going to be? You know, Jim Harbaugh has a track record of turning, you know, uh, making in good quarterbacks. You give them some talent now, and you see, let's see what happens. But who's that going to be? Uh, there's all kinds of question marks out there. There's guys who've had chances in the past. There's guys that are going to be brand new. So uh, if you ask me, the big question mark will always be, who, if you don't have an experienced quarterback, who's going to be your quarterback? Uh, outside of the offensive line, if that is a question mark, which I don't think it is, that's the biggest one who's going to lead the team. Because the way I see it offensively, Jim Harbaugh has made an emphasis on tight ends and, and, and fullback. So I think we're pretty deep in those positions. And the other thing, too, Mike, is who's going who's to come out as the top runners? 
Mm-hmm. I mean, I know there's people that we like back there. I know there's guys with some experience. But there still has not identified that top Michigan running like we've always had. We've always had one guy that stood above the rest. Is that going to be identified this year, too? But they will always go back to the quarterback. Because as good as our receiving core is, and we think we have a pretty good one, could the quarterback um, get him the ball? And that's the big question mark right now. But I'm very confident that uh, Coach Harbaugh will find his man, and that man will be very well, um, he'll be very ready, you know, game one against Hawaii. Well, you know, last week at his uh, Monday presser, a week ago, Jim said in his days as a college coach and even in the NFL, he's never had three quarterbacks who have competed this well, competed this hard, and improved like these three. And he included uh, Shane Morris in that group, who a lot of people have written off as uh, being in the battle since uh, spring. Very interesting, Greg. Do you do you see Jim Harbaugh as the kind of a coach and being the great quarterback he was? Is he the kind of guy that might go with two quarterbacks earlier in the season? Or is he the kind of coach that says, no, I want one guy? Well, I think if you look at uh, his pro experience, uh, especially at that, uh, San Francisco when uh, Smith was out there with Kaepernick. He went with Kaepernick. He went with one guy. Now, I, I think that's the right way to do it. I think there needs to be a continuity, especially at quarterback. Guys cannot get used to it. You know, his teammates around him cannot get used to uh, a, a platoon quarterback system. And I did play in a platoon system at, at uh, Michigan when Michael Taylor and Demetrius Brown were our quarterback. And one was more of an option guy. The other was a pure, a pure passer with a gun of an arm. Then it ended up, you know, come, it ended up where, you know, one of them got hurt. The other one took over. Then he got hurt. Then Elvis Burback actually came in. So, I mean, it's kind of, you know, the, 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 it's not an excuse, but I think you really want that one quarterback. And I think it's unfair to write off Shane Morris. Uh, he's had some shots in the past. And, of course, we all know, you know, from the uh, concussion problem and this and that. But uh, I think that's what Coach Harbaugh has done well with this team. From the very opening day when he got there, he's created the competition. And he created it not only um, the competition in itself, but, you know, he he brought this attitude on um, how a privilege it is to be able to work and to work hard. And the kids have bought into that. And so you should have competition at every position. And that's exactly what you want if you're the University of Michigan or any football team, for that matter, and any, and, and any sports team. You want that competition because that means your starters have to remain sharp, and that means your backups will be ready to play you know, when, if, need, if need be and called upon. With us on our game day segment this week as we continue our previews, actually this is our last preview leading up to the uh, Hawaii kickoff in the opener, is Michigan great Greg Skrepanek. Uh, Greg, on defense... We are loaded up and deep, especially uh, in the trenches, which is always nice. Can you remember a season, Greg, when we had this much talent and depth that we can roll out on that defensive line? I can't remember a season with so many of them. I mean, I know we've had, you know, maybe we went one deep and maybe a couple backups. I mean, these guys can just like, yeah, hey, just they get one guy in, one guy. Because we lost a couple of decent linemen from last year, and then boom. <laughs> They just replaced him. It reminds me a little bit of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh Steelers for years had one of their best defense, and then they lose three or four guys, and yet the next year they were better. And you're thinking to yourself, how bad did this happen? So it's really a a nice problem to have. And and we did actually get a little hurt last year 
from some injuries on the defensive uh, line side of the ball, which uh, towards the end of the year cost us a little bit. And so um, it's a nice problem to have that depth and that, you know, that, that talent and defensive line, because Mike, as much as you could stress the other positions as much as they're the ones that get all the highlight again, and I know I say it all the time, up front will always dictate what happens. And maybe defensive linemen don't make the plays, but Jabril Peppers better hope they, you know, give the opportunity to make big plays. And that's not what you don't see that in the box score. You don't see that anywhere on the highlights. But defensive linemen allow the linebackers to make plays. And that's exactly why how defenses are designed. It's since the you know, beginning of football, the defensive linemen are there to keep people off the linebackers. And with Jabril going, you know, outside linebacker this year, you know, what I think a good defensive line is only going to make him better. Well, you know, when you look at that defensive line, Greg, before any of the freshmen uh, got in here, you thought, well, we're deep and we're talented without those guys. Of course, Rashawn Gary, everyone wants to see Rashawn get on the field. But Michael Enueno, another just huge freshman out of Detroit Cast Tech, is making noise in camp. At Jim's Monday Presser last week, he talked about just how impressed he was with Michael Enueno. So you add two freshmen to that depth. I liked what the uh, the Wolverine preseason magazine said. They said the Michigan defensive line is like a hockey team. You can just keep rolling lines out there. And as you said, <laughs> it's never, ever a bad thing to be that deep, is it? Not a defensive line because, first of all, you want to put two in the many ways. It's a very demanding position. It's a position that's going to wear you out. And with what offenses do now, uh, with, not, with going you know, quick and no huddle and, and, and going to the line of scrimmage so fast, you want to keep guys fresh. Now, you might not be able to rotate them during series, but you could flip them during series, which will keep them even fresher. So, yeah, it's a great problem to have. And, again, let's go back to that competition thing because this is where Jim Harbaugh has done a fine job. But give credit to these upperclassmen. Give credit to the guys who have, you know, put in the time, and now these young bucks come in and are following the lead. So, Maybe these freshmen in other programs wouldn't develop so fast, but they come in, they buy in, and guess what? Now they're starting to be played in the mix because the one thing, Mike, that has changed in football, the freshmen now play immediately. Over the last 10, 15 years, you know, freshmen play immediately. Uh, very rarely do you see some of these blue, blue chip guys and these high recruits come in and not play and be redshirt. Very rare anymore because in my day when I played, that was the norm. Uh, and so up until about, you know, 10, 15 years ago, that's not been the norm. Freshmen play and they play fast because they're needed to play. And so it's great to see them coming into the system, buying in. And it's a testament not only to Coach Harbaugh and his staff, but it more I think it's more of a testament to the upperclassmen and the senior leadership on that team because people are buying in. And from, from my point of view, that's what's exciting. All the stuff that's happening is exciting, but what's really encouraging is seeing that and, and that and you know when you have guys that could go to the NFL and come back, you know Lewis could have went to the NFL and been drafted, but he comes back. I mean, what more do you need? You got guys like Jabril Peppers changing positions, you know, to really whatever the team needs. You, that's that's impressive, and that's what guys see. And I'm telling you, that's that's exciting. That's it's just it's, you know, encouraging and exciting. Well, as you mentioned, Jabril Peppers uh, playing that Sam linebacker uh, in Don Brown's defense. I- I'm not sure exactly what that means, but I can't wait to see. 
But, you know, if there's a position group that people maybe have uh, a little worry about, it's uh, that linebacking core. It's, uh, I wouldn't say inexperienced. Ben Gedeon is stepping up as a starter. Don Brown said he's going to be inside and has to be vocal. He has to set that defense. No question, Jim Harbaugh referred to him all spring as a stud. And then you've got Mike McCray, who's uh, ready to step in at another inside linebacker spot. Uh, those guys seem like they're ready to step up. They are talented kids. They are the question mark on defense because our secondary saw and we just talked about our defensive line. But let's talk a little bit about Don Brown. What a hire that was. Yeah. I mean, we lose a great defensive coordinator to the you know, to University of Maryland, and, and, and I wish him nothing but the best. But we get Don Brown, who had the Boston College, you know, uh, Boston College as the number one defense in the country. Now, the exciting thing is I don't think Boston College had the talent last year that we have this year, in spite of not really having that question mark at the linebacker position. But like I said, when you have that talent up front um, that we do and that depth up front, now linebackers actually, you know, it'll be easier for them to fill in and get that experience if they lack it and get that continuity that they need. And, and, and they have a leader, a natural leader, Jabril Peppers. I mean, it's going to be exciting uh, to see exactly what he could do at that linebacker position, and it's it's neat for me to watch that 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 for out outside up front. You know, you know, he's not going to be an offensive defensive lineman. That man could play any position on the field, and it's exciting because he's he's fast, he's quick, and he's big and physical. I mean, he's 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 exactly everything you want in a football player. So to be able to go. You know, from a, a, a shutdown corner to an in, you know, a linebacker, you know, to take on the big boys. It's pretty impressive. And then, of course, he played some offense as well. And, 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 and of course, he, he returns uh, on the specialty teams as well. So, but again, I'm going to emphasize this. You know, you have a great defensive coordinator coming in who led the number one defense in the country last year with arguably more talent. And, you know, especially uh, up front in the secondary. And then we'll see what happens. So that's the exciting thing um, that I see from that side of the ball. And, yeah, the only question mark, Mike, is that these guys haven't, you know, haven't had, you know, the, those earmark games. They haven't had maybe the experience that, you know, we'd like them to have. But that's the neat thing about college football, too. Um, you know, new guys come in, and, you know, we're, we're able to see what they're doing. And, and if you just take a look at what, you know, the last uh, year has done, you see, you know, and you say to yourself, okay, the logical thing is to say these guys will both now grow. And, you know, with this, like the, as I said before, with all this senior leadership, I, I'm not so concerned about the defensive side of the ball. I would be a little bit more concerned just to see where the quarterback is going to go than I am with the linebacker. Well, you're right. We've seen what Don Brown has done, not only at Boston, but prior to that with a lot less talent than he's going to have this year. And his reputation is that he's a very aggressive uh, kind of a defensive coordinator. Just think of these uh, cover corners we have in uh, Channing Stribling and Jordan Lewis, who can play press coverage and just get up there on a team's best receivers, which really opens it up for that defensive line and linebacking core, doesn't it? Well, absolutely. If, you're, if your corners are shut down corners and you could play that man-to-man defense or man-to-man coverage, that opens up the defense to do anything you could do. Now, again, think what I was saying before about the, you know, with uh, 
pole being the center and happened to identify those five most most dangerous guys are the big on big guys, the guys that they think are the greatest threat and the best pass rushers, uh, or the best run you know, run stoppers. You know, when you have those corners, you know, right there to shut, you know, the number you know, the two receiving threats down, now those other nine guys could basically do so much more. So much more. And now offensive lines will not be able to identify those most dangerous men or those big on big those big guys which they have to block because they simply don't know what what's gonna happen. Now, if you don't have that ability to shut you have those shutdown corners, then you gotta drop inside guys outside for protecting them and usually being in zone coverage, which softens the defense. I mean that's naturally gonna soften the defense because of you know, you know, men are coming out from the inside and going to the outside. So with those corners, you have so many more options. You strike the fear in an opposing team's offense um, on a play-by-play basis because they don't know where it's going to come from. And, and, you know, with the aggression of coach, our defensive coordinator, I'm telling you, it's going to cause headaches uh, for opposing teams. And that's exactly what defensive footballs do. And, and defensive football is also the zone blitzing. Again, and that plays into it's confusing offensive lines and offensive quarterbacks to, to, to buy in one look and then they completely change it to another and, and then the advance goes defensively. So, Mike, the good news is you probably at this point in the game want your defense to be a little ahead of your offense, which I believe it is right now. And then as the team goes on, you know what? They've always said this, you know, this age-old adage, you know, about, Okay, offense could win games, but defense wins championships. And unfortunately, as an offensive player, as much as I might hate to say that, that holds true most of the time. Jabril Peppers, um, he's going to play both ways uh, again this year. And Coach Harbaugh has given Jordan Lewis now the green light to play on uh, both sides of the ball. Do you like that idea of using your best players on both offense and defense and just getting them on the field as much as possible? Personally, I love it. Absolutely. I love it. Uh, And the reason I love it is because they want to be on the field. You want your best players on the field regardless. You want your athletes and playmakers on the field. And that excites the rest of the team, too. I mean, again, Jordan Lewis, a kid who could have went pro, who had a great year last year, who decided to come back. And, and that's in itself a testament, not only to Coach Harbaugh and his staff, but the University of Michigan and how special a place it is because he turned down millions of dollars possibly to come back and play for the University of Michigan because that's what he loves to do. I mean, that think about that, Mike. Just think about it because most other programs, most other kids, they're gone. They're gone. There's been a lot of guys like Jordan Lewis that came back when they could have been gone. And that, that's, it, it, it you know, shows you how special the University of Michigan is. And then, you know, along with uh, Jabril Peppers, I mean, it, it just, you see how contagious, you know, winning and competing is. And this is where Harbaugh becomes, uh, you know, this is, I, I, you know, I, maybe I should say this is where his genius is because he's got these kids to buy in and now they want more time on the field. What coach doesn't want that? What coach doesn't want his best athletes to just beg for time on any side of the ball? You know what I mean? That's a great problem to have. And you don't see it often. You just don't. But uh, I think we're fortunate. Yeah, and, and I'm one of those guys that believe you get your best athletes the ball and, and things could happen. Regardless. Of course, you don't want to wear them down. You don't want to wear them too much because we have enough talent on the other side of the ball as well. But imagine now that you're a defensive coordinator 
and you got Jordan Lewis and Jabril Peppers lining up, who two of the fastest guys on the team. <clears throat> what do you do? What do you do? At the very least, they could be used as a decoy because they have to be given a lot of attention, at the very least, which again softens up the defense and allows you to do other things. But the possibilities remain endless, and I, and I like it. Uh, and again, I don't think they need to, you know, they need to be there uh, a lot. But I do believe we have a lot of talent on the offensive side of the ball. But it keeps, you know, other opposing coaches guessing, and it makes it more exciting for the fans. Come on, we all want to see these big athletes, you know, do their thing. Uh, I do. I mean, it, it's just one of those things. We want to see these guys do their thing, and you know what? So let them do it. Everyone, Michigan fans, national media types, uh, expect Michigan to, of course, compete for the Big Ten title. And there's even a lot of chatter about the uh, the playoffs, which is, uh, you know, way too early. The thing I look at, though, is when the first five are at home. That's great. You open the Big Ten season with Penn State and Wisconsin at home. But those three road games against Iowa, Michigan State, and, of course, the finale in Columbus, they loom large. And it's a challenge just any year to win on the road in those three places, isn't it? Well, there's no doubt about it. And, you know, uh, Michigan's Achilles heel over the last 10 years is the inability to win on the road. And so... uh it's certainly going to be a great challenge. And, oh, by the way, the three best teams they play this year <laughs> are Iowa, Michigan State, and Ohio State all on the road. But there's, there's a little bit, you know, with the, with the chemistry of this team and what Jim Harbaugh has reinstilled in this team, uh, and I know when I played, and I know Coach Harbaugh when he played as well, um, it was, we treated it not only as a business trip, but it was exciting to go on the road to an opposing team's home stadium and beat them with the 60 or 70 guys that you take, you know, whatever NCAA regulations allow you to take now, you know, with a little group of teams going into this hostile environment against your rivals and these good teams, and you go out and you compete and you win. There's nothing like that. I mean, there's a, I mean, you can't, you want to be home as much as you can, and it's nice and it's the fanfare and all that stuff, but there's something to be said about going on the road and, and going into that hostile environment and competing on that level, which is a small group of guys with you know a small group of fans there, and and, and it's really it's it's just it gets the competitive juices even flowing more, flowing more, and so it is a great challenge. Uh, I wish we had one of those games at home; it would be nice. But it's just the way the schedule is this year, and the way the teams are. Not to say that the other teams we play aren't good; it just happens to be that. Heck, Iowa and Michigan State played for uh, the Big Ten championship, and, and either team could have won it. And Ohio State's been one, you know, among the you know the elite, not only in the Big Ten but in the country over the last you know several years. So um, listen, you want to be the best, you got to beat the best, and you know that sometimes that means you have to do it on the road. And so I'm sure Coach Harbaugh and his team says, "Bring it on. We'll do it one game at a time, and bring it on. We'll play you in a parking lot if you want us to play you." <laughs> Wherever. I mean, that's the attitude that these guys are going to have. So let's get it on, Mike. Let's get it on. Well, we only have a week and a half to uh, to wait, Greg. And by the next time we have you back on the show uh, during the season, we'll uh, we'll have a better idea of uh, exactly what kind of a team Coach Harbaugh has developed. So as always, uh, my listeners love hearing from you. Our guest today has been Michigan great Greg Skrepinik. And Greg, thank you so much for your time. As always, you're a great guest, and we'll get you back on during the season, and I'm sure it will be interesting. Well, Mike, thanks again for having me. As, as I said before, 
I could talk Michigan football uh, all day, any day. And for the fans out there, you know what? From the bottom of my heart, when I play at the university, thanks for all your support. And even to this day, when I go back, people recognize me and always just say hello. If you do see me out there, because I should be there for several games, feel free to come up, say hello, um, talk Michigan football, and, and just, you know, whatever and whatever else. And then also, you know, hope to see you at the game and support our guys. It's going to be exciting. And, and as always, go blue. Thanks to Michigan great Greg Skrepinik for joining me today. He'll be back with us during the season. Wolverine Quick Hits is next as we wrap it up for another week here on The Michigan Man on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. Quick hits today. Next week, it's time to tape our ankles and get ready for some Michigan football. It's been another very quiet training camp from a news perspective, but that's okay. Next week, it will change. On Tuesday, we'll air our Michigan Game Day edition. And then on Thursday, Hawaii radio play-by-play voice Bobby Curran will bring us his perspective on another long road trip for Hawaii. So take it easy this week, because next week we put on our game face right here on The Michigan Man. Like us on Facebook at The Michigan Man Podcast and follow us on Twitter at The Michigan Man. Our free show app is available from both Google Play and the iTunes Store. If you don't have one of those apps, make sure you download one of them before the season starts. We also join the team at iHeartRadio this season, so it's never been easier to hear the show wherever you go during the coming season. A reminder again, the time is running out this week to check out the new interactive sports app that I've been telling you about the last few weeks. It comes to us from the same team that developed Madden Football and EA Sports College Basketball. It will be in Google Play and iTunes this season. For more info or a sneak peek, email playitfirst at yahoo.com and include your cell number. That's playitfirst at yahoo.com and don't forget your cell number. That will do it for this week's show. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. The time for talk is nearly done. Next week, we tee it up for real in the big house. And I can't wait. Until then, have a great Wolverine week, everyone. We'll see you back here next week with our preview shows. Take care, and as always, go blue. Thanks for joining us today on The Michigan Man, here on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network, and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. Our listener lines are open 24-7 for your calls at 313-263-4842. That's 313-263-4842. Or email us at themichiganmanpodcast at yahoo.com. That's themichiganmanpodcast at yahoo.com. The Michigan Man Podcast is produced at the studios of Robin Lynn Productions, Allen Park, Michigan, and is not affiliated with the University of Michigan. Go Blue!